Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Tuesday. It's the middle of June, June the 13th. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, going on three decades. Yeah, we're in our third decade of delivering wealth insurance to the masses, legal, lawful, constitutional tender, something where only you know where it's at. Yeah, getting a whole lot harder to do. And, of course, something that has been money for 5,000 years and will never go to zero. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at www.allamericangold.com. Uh, make it part of your favorites. Listen, this is where you need to go. Keep yourself educated. No one does it like we do. I mean, you can uh, try all these other dealers. You can do all these other things. But nobody educates you like we do. No one treats you with more honesty and respect than we do. Uh, you know, and I hate to bring it up, but I, but you do need to be careful. Another gold dealer, some of you, especially if you were here in Phoenix, uh, he was here for a little while. Uh, if you've had any dealings with Luther Rare Coins, uh, he is now, well, he's under arrest. Uh, you know, the old ripping people off routine. Uh, he marks like the fifth or sixth gold dealer out of Minnesota who has run afoul of the wall, of, of the law. And, and really, here's your simple clues. If they're calling you, right, if they got the boiler room, right, where the telemarketer guys, the used car salesmen are calling you, yeah, you probably want to hang up because you're probably getting ripped off. Even better, before you do anything, call us. Check it out. We'll tell you what's what. If they can, if they've got a better deal, hey, we'll tell you to buy it. I mean, that's just how much uh, you know. We appreciate what people do for us and word of mouth, and and really, most of our business is just that. People who, hey, I you you help my friend? Can you help me? Type of thing. And we've been doing this, like I said, for over twenty one years, twenty two, going on year. Number 22 here. And uh, been on the air uh, in Colorado the whole time. Uh, probably got to be one of the longest running shows in the history as far as financial shows go. Uh, been on the air in Phoenix for, what, I think 12 years now. And been on uh, 1010. Uh, for the last, and I don't know exactly how many, maybe Ramon can uh, figure it out, but it's been a while. We've been on 1010 for a long time, I think uh, probably seven or eight years, and then, of course, KHNC, the mothership up there in Johnstown, uh, we've been on there. Eric started on there before he even founded Patriot in the early 90s, uh, but, but we've been on there forever and a day. Wendy just walked in. Why are you in here? Because I've been here 19 years. <laughs> Well, you're barely here. I mean, here is relative. I mean, you're just gone for like a month. Two weeks. And and you work like one day a week. Two. Oh, is it two? I'm semi-retired. But you love me. That's why. Oh, yes, yes. Everybody loves you. As I'm 
Right. Uh-huh. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Is right. everybody listening and shaking their head? No, we don't. Yes, they do. <laughs> you don't want me to leave. Hey, by the way, you're, Arlene's doing a great job. She good. is. You're doing a good job training her, and, and good, I good. I appreciate it all. And you are, I guess, semi-retired as of uh, what? As of January. Right, but I'm not retiring, retiring. I mean, I'm not walking away. You're not retiring. You're like everybody else now, right? You're part of that generation where... Hey, I'm I, I'm I'm retired, but I'm not. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be 62 this month. I'm not going to call you old. I'm not doing that. Please don't. Yeah, I'm not. You I'll, look great. I'll kick you. I've been kicked before. I know. I know. And and I was working on a good special. Okay. All right. So that's why you really came in here. Yes, because I because I was. Thrilled. We actually sold out finally of the special that I've been running for three days. Yes. And finally, somebody took mercy on me. Right. <laughs> Oh, but, but we have a good silver special. Oh, by the way, silver. Yeah. Really ready. It's another huge buy again. We'll talk about that uh, today. Only two other times in history has the stock market been more expensive. I'm going to tell you what those two times were. Uh, we have more, of course, probably not a shock to anybody, more stores closing uh, Jim Barry gave a number yesterday. Uh, they're saying somewhere between 375 and 425. You know, they filed for bankruptcy. We didn't get a store count. Uh, we got that today. Uh, and and then, of course, the Ann Taylor, Dress Barn, uh, Lane Bryant, they actually had a conference call yesterday and confirmed, yes, we're closing 250, but we're going to close at least another 650 more stores uh, over the next two years as the retail, uh, boy, it's an implosion. It really, really is. But don't worry because we're not in a bubble, so you don't have to worry about that. And then another city says they have financial troubles, and they've started selling off. They're asset. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens, right? You know, you, you, you're heading down the road to bankruptcy. you got to start selling stuff. I'll tell you exactly who it is. And then, of course, the federal government did announce, even though we're not keeping track. I don't know why they just don't tell us what it is. But this is kind of the game, right? They haven't raised the debt ceiling, so they don't allow for us to, to know how big the debt is. Uh, but they did release deficit numbers for the month of May. We got all of that and so much more coming for you. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Well, it's lonesome in this old town. Everybody puts me down. I'm a face without a name. Just walking in the rain, going back to Houston, Houston, Houston. <laughs> and the answer, Houston. Yes, the latest city to succumb to the, well, you know, the debt Armageddon that all of the country faces, uh, the city of Houston uh, wilting under their pension obligations has started selling their streets. <laughs> I, could you imagine? Uh, well, where, where are you at right now? 
Well, you know, I guess they're not going to be called Enron, right? But, uh, yeah, I'm driving down Valero Boulevard, and I'm heading over to Amazon Way, and then I'm going to get on the Apple Expressway. You know, is that the future that it holds a bunch of, of dealings going on in Houston? They're trying, unfortunately for Houston, uh, not nearly enough. But, hey, every dollar helps. Uh, they're... they're Billions and billions and billions of dollars underfunding. You know, and you think about it, it really isn't discriminating, is it? I mean, if you would say, hey, of all the states in the country, who's doing the best? Right? And, and the best is relative. I get so many emails from people, Joe, stop saying that Phoenix is doing better. I'm not doing better. Or stop saying Denver is doing better or Colorado. It's not that good here. Right? And everybody's got, and I get it. But if you were just to ask random people on the streets, I'd venture to say Texas, right, is up on, high up on the list of states that should be doing well. And yet, Dallas is already on its knees, and now Houston is following in its footsteps in an event. I mean, where are we going to get to? Right? Are your 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 water, right, your sewer, your power, is it all going to be, is everything going to be owned by, by Wall Street, right, the few companies that are left? You know, I want... <laughs> Maybe when you turn on the water, it'll have a little thing that uh, flashes across your your high-tech sink. This water brought to you by Valero. It'll have electrolytes in it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right, yes. This water is brought to you by Google. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. And again, don't worry, it's not a bubble, right? We can't see one. We looked everywhere. Right, Janet Yellen's going to tell us tomorrow. Right now, all the fancy cars are pulling into the Federal Reserve. They're having their subsidized breakfast and subsidized lunches, you know, so they don't have to worry about food prices and inflation because they don't have it where they work. That still really gets to me. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but uh, uh, when uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth in, in her book Fed Up was saying how at all the Fed banks. They subsidize all their meals. You know, they go out and they, they buy breakfast, lunch, dinner. Matter of fact, it's so cheap, a lot of the people that work there buy dinner and bring it home. And I'm like, well, how are they supposed to know if there's real inflation going on if they don't, if everything there is subsidized? But I think that's going to be a great starting point. I don't know. But tomorrow afternoon, there's going to be the big press conference. I'm still saying I, I I don't see how they don't raise the rate a, a quarter of a point, which will be, bring us to one percent. Uh, by the way, do you know not a single well I, I don't know about a single bank, but that the banks have not passed on any of the rate hikes to to our savers. None. Nope. You're. Go back to when the rates were zero, and you're essentially getting this. And I shouldn't say nothing. You're getting uh, half of half of a percent more (laughs) than you were, even though the rates have gone up 1% if they raise today. 
you're you're only getting five percent of the one percent. So that's half of a half of a half of a half. I don't know. That's a lot of half. Talking about and what we've really been really talking about, especially lately, is how they claim. There's no bubble. We can't see bubbles, and we don't know how to see them. And one of the things that they do is, is right, and I've been telling all of you, the Fed doesn't look at actual data. They don't. They have it. But they're more concerned about their economic formulas that they've manipulated all of the data points to fit the formula. They've changed how they calculate all the major reports. Inflation is a prime example. Do you know if you went back and and said, let's go back to the way you did inflation in 1980? The inflation rate right now would be about 7. Think about that for a minute. And that's not me making it. That's a fact. And 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 it's disgusting the fact that they've literally brainwashed the majority of Americans into actually not knowing it. Matter of fact, I guarantee you the majority of Americans would argue with me. They don't care about the actual data. They care about their economic models. And if they need to change the data to match the model, that's what they do. Unemployment, about four point. Well, it's four point three percent the way they count it today. Go back to how they counted it in nineteen eighty. The unemployment rate would be north of nine, somewhere. Let's call it about nine and a half, more than double where it is today. That's a fact. And they'll come out and they'll argue their academic argument as to why it is that we shouldn't have been counting it that way, we need to count it this way. It really doesn't matter. Because for 200 years, we did it the same way, and everything seemed to work. It wasn't until we gave these bankers and these academics all of the power that all of a sudden things don't work so well anymore. And they sit there and say they can't see the bubble. And the answer really is they can't see the bubble because they don't want to look. They They just change all the data so they don't have to look at what it is that they've really done. Think about all the cost of living adjustments you're not getting. I I feel terrible. You know, my mom is 73. I get it. It is, it's disgusting what they do. And you know what the funny thing is, is all of these channels, all the, right, they want, either you got to love Donald Trump or you got to hate Donald Trump. You got to love stocks. Right? There's no room for any of the, the doubters out there. And nobody wants to tell you what is really happening right before your eyes. 
Then you look at today's stock market. Right now, I've been telling you what the bubble is. And, and, you know, let's face it, most of these people coming out, it's actually a pretty easy call. Matter of fact, I just saw today somewhere where they said now all the analysts out there all say record number of analysts say the stock market is way overvalued, more than when the dot-com bubble came. But somebody actually broke it down. The average stock today is trading at 73% above its historical average valuation. By the way, this is another thing they changed. So when we talk about what's changed, right, the debt markets have changed with the central bank and with the federal government in lying and manipulating. Because before, again, go back to the 80s, and the average stock valuation was eight, right? So if the company made a dollar, the share price would be eight bucks. And of course, in the last, probably in the last 20, 25 years, they've decided that valuations, for whatever reason, and they'll give you a bunch of them. Now, valuations can be a lot higher today, and it's still okay. No, that just means that you are being in a much more riskier market today than you were 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 50 years ago. They've made it much more risky, at the same time telling you they've made it safer. Which is why they say the valuations can be greater. <laughs> Wait a minute. You made it safer so it can become more risky. The average stock today trading at 73% above its historical average. And we can't see a bubble. There's only two other times in history it's been higher than what it is right now. And you think about, we don't we haven't had a GDP year of 3% in a decade. So how in the world could stocks be this expensive? The other two times in history, and I'm sure all of you out there are, are guessing, and you're probably right, because it's exactly what I guess. Just before the Great Depression, Huh. Go figure. Oh, and the run-up to the dot-com bubble bursting in 1999. So 1929, 1999, 2017. The three highest historical stock valuations of all time. Now... We already know what happened the other two times. But if you want to continue to believe that somehow it's different this time, that's your prerogative. You can. But start putting it all together. Start putting it all together when you look at, wait a minute. If 
the inflation rate is really 7% and not 2. If the unemployment rate is really 9.5% and not 4.3, how bad of are we really overvalued? By the way, in case you were wondering, the pre-Great Depression level was 95%. And the dot-com one, now that was the NASDAQ, right? That was 164% in case you were wondering. That was, of course, remember, the, Dow, the NASDAQ got to like 5,200. Matter of fact, the NASDAQ, it took it 18 years to get back into positive territory. And now you're sitting there and you're looking at at what is going to come next. And I'm just trying to get you to connect the dots. I mean, really, what is the next logical conclusion? Every single week now, and you some weeks, two or three times a week, I'm telling you about a, a country, a state, a city, that is all coming under duress from these pension obligations and these debt obligations we're seeing down. By the way, the state of Massachusetts just got downgraded. Right? Hartford says we need the state of Connecticut to bail us out. Illinois got downgraded. Houston has started selling its streets. And now we find out that this is the third highest stock valuations of all time. And you wonder what's going to come. And you sit there and you wonder, what are these people thinking? I can't wait to hear her talk tomorrow. Patriot Radio News Hour. We're going to talk about silver next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Although a pithy slogan, it's simply not enough to buy American. It is also important to hire American, which means curtailing corporate abuse of the H-1B visa program that gives our good jobs to foreigners. President Donald Trump traveled to Wisconsin in April to deliver on his campaign pledge to limit the H-1B visa program that allows employers to bring in lower-cost foreign labor to fill American jobs. President Trump's new executive order to buy American, hire American started to roll back the failed policies of his predecessors, which have cost American workers attractive jobs and have driven down wages for everyone. Despite unemployment rates at or below 5% for nearly two years, wages for Americans are actually declining. The average American's paycheck is less than what it was last year after inflation is factored in, and many are choosing not to work due to a lack of good-paying jobs, particularly in engineering and manufacturing. Many engineering jobs have been going to foreigners under the H-1B visa program, which allows corporations to bring in tens of thousands of foreign workers annually to work for much less. While there is an official cap to this program of, quote, only 85,000 workers per year, the law has loopholes that allow employers to ignore that cap and replace many tens of thousands of additional American workers with foreigners. 
Phyllis Schlafly rightly criticized the H-1B program beginning more than 15 years ago. She observed in 2001, employers want aliens with H-1B visas not only because they can pay them less than U.S. technicians, but especially because the H-1B visas lock them into sticking with the sponsoring employer and prevent them from job hopping for better pay as Americans do. President Trump's executive order will also enhance the use of American goods in federal construction and transportation projects, which typically support high-paying jobs. The H-1B visa racket is not true free enterprise, and it's not healthy for the United States. President Trump's executive action is a good first step, and Congress should now take the cue and repeal this program entirely. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For the U.S. economy to flourish, free enterprise needs to be rewarded. Competition and capitalism need to be encouraged. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find alerts and strategies for strengthening our economy and standing against socialism. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. I want to give a couple shipping updates. The last of the AU $5 liberties are shipping today. It was just one person. Uh, The last of the Falcon. Uh, those are, there's two people, one one of you had 20 rolls, another one had 12 rolls. Those are leaving the Bullion Bank tomorrow morning. Uh, there's three or four people, the, you either had one roll or two rolls, and your check just came, and literally a day later than everybody else's. Uh, those, those three or four people, that silver is leaving the Bullion Bank tomorrow as well, but it's going to come here first. Uh, and then uh, by Friday, uh, the last three or four people, like I said, you either had one roll or two rolls, uh, you will go out on Friday. Uh, those of you, the two customers that had uh, larger quantities, the Bullion Bank is going to ship them directly to you. That the, was the last of the Falcons, which was the Canadian ounce-and-a-half silver coin. And talking about silver... And, and you know, when, when I get, uh, I'll, I'll say, a strong opinion about it, I let you know. And silver went back below $17. As a matter of fact, it's $16.79, $16.80. The silver to gold ratio also climbed again back above 75 ounces almost 75 and a half ounces of silver for an ounce of gold so now there's two huge positives in my mind on silver today anything under 17 dollars you're stealing it then you take and say hey it's it's under 17 dollars and it's more than 70 ounces Again, an ounce of gold. Again, very bullish indicators on silver. And this, really, the whole gold and silver thing, gold's only down about, what, $2? Uh, but all of this is just what I'll call show pony for the Federal Reserve meeting tomorrow. And, and I actually think both gold.
gold and silver will be at new highs uh, not too long after this meeting. But here's what's available. And, and some of them, one of the items we've never run before ever, and this is kind of the new thing where you're getting all of these mints around the world minting coins. I have one case, so I have 25 rolls of the British silver. I'll call it the silver, the British Silver Britannica. And this coin, it's just like the U.S. Silver Eagle, so they have 20 20 ounces in a roll or 20 coins in a roll. The queen is on one side. The other side is actually a really interesting character. Uh, Some say, you know, it looks like it's a guy with a almost like a Roman-type helmet on. He's got this flowing, like, almost how, at least in my mind, how the movies portrayed how the Roman... Uh, warriors would look, which I thought was kind of odd, but that's just what it looks like to me. And he's holding a like Poseidon's trident, uh, kind of just a neat looking coin. I have twenty five rolls at three hundred and ninety dollars, which puts that at a price of nineteen dollars and fifty cents. So when you look at uh, you know, today silver's at sixteen eighty. You're looking at about two dollars and seventy cents over fantastic price. I've only got twenty five of those. They're three hundred and ninety dollars. I have quite a few uh, cases of Australian kangaroos. These are different. Now these come in a mini case. They have. They get. 25 one-ounce coins in each roll. So you get 25 ounces of silver in the Australian version. If you wanted a case of them, there's 10 rolls in a case. So they they do their cases there in 250-ounce increments. And those are $490 dollars a roll and, and obviously it's more they have five more ounces of silver in it which brings its price to nineteen dollars and sixty cents and then we have the US silver eagles which are there's twenty ounces there at four hundred dollars they're actually the most expensive of the group go figure there's no inflation here uh that that's a twenty dollar price tag so about three dollars in twenty cents over, all the way down to two seventy. Like I said, if you want the British one, it's uh, the British one's a twenty fourteen. Uh, there's only twenty five rolls. That's it, and those are actually here. These are, and I say here, they're not here with me, but they're actually at the Bullion Bank in San Diego. These are all ready to go. So if you're you're going to order them, uh, we'll have them in quickly. They're not waiting for. Uh, the British Mint or the Australian Mint or anything like that. Uh, Wendy called them this morning and said, hey, what do you got you want to get rid of? And sometimes you just get great deals. So the first time ever, the British, I'll call it the British Silver Eagle, 
It's actually a pretty cool-looking coin. They come in rolls of 20. They're $390 a roll, which puts that at, at a $270, yeah, $2, $2.70 over. We have the Australian kangaroos. Those come 25 to a roll, and all of these are one-ounce coins. Uh, at 490 and then of course the good old United States Silver Eagle at $400 a roll at 800-951-0592 and like I said the big the big reasoning here is is price silver is very easily much it's a much smaller market than the gold market and really both of them are easy enough to manipulate we see that all the time but uh, i call silver the volatile little brother right maybe the he's got a little addd in him you, you know what i'm saying right he gets all crazy and then he crashes and then he gets all hyped up and then he crashes i think it's just uh, the opportunity is just right here uh, just below $17 to the ounce. And, of course, above 75.35 is the actual number right now. 75.35 ounces of silver to buy an ounce of gold, which is a absolute buy on the Double J buy system. Uh, and, yeah, if you want to get a roll of each just to have, have some, great. If you want all of one or all of the other, whatever you'd like to do, uh, 800-951-0592. All of them, you can put it on your credit card for an extra $5 a roll. Don't think you still need to buy? The biggest, well, the third biggest stock bubble in history is here. You know, you think about whether it's the retail carnage, which somehow, but that's not a problem. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of stores are closing. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of malls are empty. You know what's funny is is uh, my wife. She used to love PB Mall. I don't know why. I think she, you know, she she grew up around the mall there. And I apologize for the use that don't live in Phoenix. And she's loyal i don't know you know the she when she would like to she always wanted to go i'm going to go to pv mall the other day she said and she's and she still tries to go the other day she finally said you know what that's it there's nothing left in there everything's gone right there's a few places open but not very many and, and it's just, it, it's everywhere. And this is one of the places that things are allegedly good. We have countries, Puerto Rico, right? Hey, we're not paying $73 billion worth of debt. Illinois, which, let's face it, if they, the one, the only thing that's saving Illinois is eventually they're just going to have to take it from the taxpayer. Hartford, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and then then you had yesterday we talked about uh, Mark uh, Mariposa, or I, I don't pronounce his name right. The guy that was for years going to the SEC about Bernie Madoff, 
for years he was going there, and they did nothing. He came out yesterday and essentially said what I've already been telling you. Ponzi scheme. Those are his words. Talking about pension. He used one as an example. It happened to be in Massachusetts. Of course, they just got downgraded. But he said it's pandemic. It's everywhere. And then I like this one. Uh, We haven't talked about it in a while. The state of Texas and its gold depository. I don't know if you remember a while back, Texas decided, you know what, uh, we see the writing on the wall. We want our own gold. says that the government continues to move forward with its plan. They hired longtime comptroller employee to oversee the continued development of the project. The state government announced today that Tom Smelker, Directory of Treasury Operations, will be the administrator behind the future bullion depository. According to the statement from the Texas Comptroller, they say Smelker's got 30 years of experience, and his new role will oversee the depository and work closely with vendors that are going to be selected to build it and to operate it. And, of course, uh, we know that the state of Texas, uh, probably the forefront here now of of building its own depository and, and really trying to get ahead of really what they already know. And, of course, look at Texas. Right, they see what's happening in Dallas. They see what's happening in Houston. Nobody wants to talk about it. Right? We just all want to pretend that somehow it's going to be okay. And I have been telling you for how long now, these next 10 years, these are the ones. We, we were, we're doing the, the gradual thing, right? We talk about how did you go bankrupt? Well, it was real gradual at first, and then it got suddenly. See, the gradual start is starting to pick up pace. The suddenly part is coming, and the suddenly part is going to keep coming. Right? Puerto Rico, it was gradually, then it was suddenly. Illinois, it was gradually, then it was suddenly. Right? This pension fund, that pension fund, you name it. Over the next 10 years, You are going to be, we're we're all going to be there. We're all going to watch it together. The largest debt bomb explosion the world has ever seen. We've been, listen, I don't care what anybody says, we've been in a debt bubble for over 40 years. That's what the Federal Reserve did. I mean, you don't even have to have a high school education to figure this crap out. We went 195 years and only had $400 billion worth of debt. And most of that came in the last five years. And then World War II and then the last five years of the 60s. Think about that. Just those two time periods accounted for about half of that $400 billion. It's now $20 
trillion dollars. You want to know how May went for the federal government? $88 billion was the number. That's how much more debt the United States put on in a single month. Oh, by the way, the debt now is up over last year's number. So now you're sitting here, and now, and just like I told you, it's, it may never, I don't know when it'll go down again. I don't know when. You know, you sit there and you think about last year we ran a number that, that was, it was ridiculous. And now we're sitting here, and, and we've got, what, June, July, August, and September. Right? So we're in the last third of, of our, I guess, fiscal year for 2017 on the federal government level. And now we got a deficit, a federal budget deficit running 8 and 9% higher than a year ago, and it's only going to get worse. Pager Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment on this Tuesday, another $88 billion racked up. By the way, in case you were wondering, there was only $53 billion last May. Total government spending for the month, $329 billion. Uh, and that's not a... That's not like, that's not even not a bad month. We spend a lot more than that in a lot of different months. Uh, and I guess I overstated just a little. Fiscal year to date, the deficit's up 7%. And these are astounding numbers. These are not numbers. They're not sustainable. And here's the problem. The numbers get worse every single year from here on out. And I only do the next 10 years because that's my prediction. Social Security will be broke 2027. Right? No one even has talked about doing anything to that program. (laughs) And every year that goes by, right? We know that 2018 they're not doing anything, right? It's not even on the agenda. And you sit there and you think about what it is that I've been telling you. We've been living in this gigantic debt bubble, and it's getting ready to burst. Because if you don't have the printing press, there's no way out. Right? The last bastion that they had is all of these cities, all of these all of these people, all of these retailers. They refinanced the debt when rates were zero, and now they still can't make the payments. And as we're, we're going to watch it all together. So uh, year-to-date, the federal budget deficit is now up 7%. And I'm going to tell you, it's getting worse because uh, up until, what was it, up until March, it was a little less in the course of the night, but I knew it was going to pick up steam. And, and now we're going to, 10%, probably a pretty logical number. Uh, the main culprit, obviously, things costing more, more spending on Social Security, more spending on Medicare and Medicaid, uh, and tax revenue, nowhere close to what they said it was going to be. Uh, and really, that's really the, the ultimate problem, right? We always uh, want to believe the rosiest case scenario, and we never get that. 
uh, we get what they call Goldilocks. I, you know what? It should be referred to as crappy locks, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, silver, it's the special of the day. You got three different choices. You want a first time ever the British, what I'm referring to as the British Silver Eagle. They had one case of these things. It's a, it's a cool coin. Looks pretty cool. They come in rolls of 20. They're the cheapest per ounce at $19.50. They're $3.90 a roll. Uh, the Australian Kangaroos, those have 25 ounces in a roll. So they're a bigger roll. Uh, they're at $490. So that's a $19.60 an ounce. And then, the, of course, the, the good old United States, the U.S. Silver Eagle, uh, 20 in a roll on those. Those are $400 a roll today, or $20 uh, to the ounce. A uh, quick look here at the markets. Gold's down one at 1264 and change. Uh, silver's down 16 cents, $16.78. Make sure you're ready. It's coming. We'll talk about the Federal Reserve tomorrow. Everyone take care. God bless. Have a great day.